the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, the Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott reportedly struggle to reach a deal. An adult website makes a move for the Superdome. We mourn the loss of a WWE hero, and the Major League Baseball Players Association gets angry. Later, we discuss the only use of the NCAA's so-called death penalty as we discuss SMU and ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary, Pony Excess. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everybody, it's Mac. And I am Heather. I'd rather kiss a Wookiee, Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Be sure to, so be sure to subscribe everywhere you find your podcast. And leave, if you're an Apple subscriber, leave us a five-star review. Uh, we will read it on the air if you do. We don't have a new review, but we do have a new five-star rating. Ah! Uh, so no name, no information attached to it, but thank you for that. We love you, whoever yes. you are. Thank you. I Listen, do... if you're going to drop a five-star rating, guys, don't remain anonymous, okay? We we want to give you by, a by-name shout-out for, for the... The five-star uh, recommendations. I do want to remind all our listeners that we are part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network, which now has four shows. Uh, so be sure to check out our our sister shows. That's Just My Face, Dead Girls Talking, and my new one, Marital Tips. How are you guys doing this week? Uh, I start my last class next Tuesday, so I'm pretty I'm excited sure about that. Yes, because that means I get to walk in August and then hope that somebody gives me a job this summer. So if, if there's any potential uh, freelance writing gigs out there, people, hit me up. Yeah. My wife used it, to do a lot of that freelance writing stuff, but it was more like SEO type stuff. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, I want to do some hard-hitting journalism. Um you know, and it, I mean, at this point, I'd even do obituaries and movie reviews. <laughs> Probably a lot more of the former, because there's not a whole lot of the latter happening. I mean, no, yeah. I will. I will watch some direct to video shit. I mean, oh, I, it, wow. it, as long as Steven Seagal's not in it, I will watch it. Oh, yeah, that's Steve, a pretty low bar. Yeah, that's dude, a very, that's a very low bar. I'm, I live in Fayetteville, and I'm wearing a Houston Roughneck shirt, okay? If the, the bar got any lower, I'd trip over it when I was walking. <laughs> oh, I miss you guys. I know. It's been a long week. It's been a very long week. It really <laughs> has. It's been a long three months, guys. Come on. That's, that's fair. That is very fair. Uh, so not a whole lot in terms of news this week. Um so-called sport NASCAR return, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, we're not be- quite there yet, so there's no what reason do you mean? to. I mean, there's just really no reason to because yeah. oh. nothing has really happened. So, Well, they've had two races, but it's not a sport. So, But, I mean, it hasn't, but clearly it, ha- okay, I'm sure that there are plenty of listeners that would disagree with you on that. 
I am not one of them, but <laughs> it didn't come up on my phone. So that's that's you know that's that's a that's a that's a key thing. But, yes. Um, um. Yeah. There's just you know like kind of like what you said like in our group chat like even by COVID standards it's been a pretty slow week. Yeah. Not a lot going on. So. Uh, so today news came out that the Cowboys are denying that Dak reportedly turned down five years and 175 million. I, Uh, oh God, I don't understand this guy. The Cowboys are denying that that's the case. Well, of course they're going to deny it. Okay. Because it's, it'll show that there's a rift between, uh, you know, their starting quarterback and the organization, but it, I'd like to look at it this way. Dax people are going to say one thing. The Cowboys people are going to say something else. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Dak has had it out here for fucking months, even before this shit happened, that he would play on a shorter deal for more guaranteed money. And he was looking for $45 million. You know, it's like, bro, I mean, uh, I was talking to this dude in one of the sports groups I'm in with some of my old Army buddies. And he was like, it's funny that he's asking for $45 million and he hasn't won shit. He has, yeah. you know, no playoff games, no, no nothing. Uh, and he's demanding $45 million. Um, you know, and it just kind of throws me off because we have uh, that TB guy down in Tampa Bay and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and all these other quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls and playoff mm-hmm. games and put their teams in positions to win division championships every year. And yeah. Prescott's done that. I, I think one time, you know, yeah. like, I mean, then you got to figure, um, isn't Patrick Mahomes coming up for a contract here soon? Or did he just sign? I, if memory serves, he's still playing on a, another year on his rookie contract. Yeah. So he's coming up and he's yeah. a Super Bowl champion and yeah. Lamar Jackson will be up before too long. Deshaun Watson is another Deshaun one Watson. who's a much better professional quarterback than Dak Prescott because I mean, look at what Watson's managed to do in Houston, playing behind uh, me, you, and Heather on the offensive line. <laughs> and, you know, and my and, dog. Yeah, you know, and and Heather's cat. You know, there's there's a starting five, the offensive lineman mm-hmm. for the Texans. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, and and he's had one person to throw to, and then inexplicably, Bill O'Brien decided to trade him. Uh, I don't quite get it, but all right. Um, but you know, Dak has had weapons, and mm-hmm. he still hasn't. Uh, you know, produced, uh, you know, deep playoff runs or even sniffed a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's just, it's shocking to me that, you know, he's going to demand that kind of money. Um, and Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, especially since Stephen Jones kind of moved into the front office and, and has a lot of pool there, uh, he's gotten the Cowboys out of all their shitty cap space. You know, like they, they were awful with their cap for like 10, 15 years. Uh, right. Stephen, and Stephen Jones kind of cleaned that up. You sign a quarterback to a $45 million contract. I mean, that's going to eat up at least a quarter of your salary cap. And that's before you have 52 other players to sign. And, again, that's also before the the uh, uh, schedule expansion that's coming up. And you have to add, what, I think another three roster spots or something like that? Like, uh, I think so. You know, like you, it makes no fucking sense. Like this isn't the NBA where one player can be game changing. Like you, yeah. you have to have eleven guys on both sides of the ball plus backups in mm-hmm. order to be in order to be successful. 
Yeah. Now, yep. So it, it makes no sense to tie up almost a quarter of your salary cap money in um, one player. In a it, mediocre to above average. Well, and to be like completely honest, like that's what a lot of people, even in like Louisiana, like they get really upset when they uh, a lot of people get start talking about um, like Drew Brees and stuff like that because like the Saints will offer him a big contract. And and a lot of people like that are kind of not necessarily anti-saints, but they'll they always call Breeze the hundred million dollar man of you know, like they'll offer him this kind of a contract, um, but it just doesn't necessarily like get spread out across the rest of the team mm. and to where to the point that it affects you know, the yeah. rest of the team. Yeah, but you know what? The Saints, uh, especially around the time Breeze got there, they put themselves in horrible salary cap trouble by making some really bad free agent signings. They did. They absolutely uh, did. And, they and, absolutely on top, did. and on top of that, Breeze took a lot of team-friendly deals, a lot of team-friendly deals. So I don't I don't blame him now for saying, pay me, motherfucker. Like, I'm at the tail end of my career, um, and Breeze has been smart with his money. But you know what? Dude, pay him for what he's done. You know, yeah. like, a lot oh, of these sure. guys... Yeah get paid on potential. And it's like, dude, he was making pennies. Well, I shouldn't say pennies, but he was making a significantly less amount than other starting quarterbacks in the league for years. Um, yeah. You know, but, and, and, and that's, but that's, but that's kind of where I was kind of going with that was that like, I always felt like, because I do, I have friends, you know, that are born and raised in Louisiana. They've been, you know, diehard Saints fans since they were born. But like for some reason with, with Breeze, like there's something about him that kind of irks him. But at the same time, I want to be like, you know, like, no, like he's given back so much to the state yeah. out of his pocket that like, okay, you know, yeah. Like if they want to offer him that much fucking money, I know that a lot of that money is going to go back into the yeah. state. I mean, dude, Breeze was uh, spearheaded so many rebuilding projects after Katrina and, and and essentially said, you know what, fuck it, New Orleans, hop on my back, let's go for a ride, and then they win a Super Bowl. Like, exactly. And and you've got this guy who's not from there, um, who just embraced the entire state. Yeah, uh, and you don't, but you, know. you don't, but that's, but that's kind of like my thing is like, you don't have a lot of players who do that. No. No, you don't. Especially not in that kind of a position, you know, to to say, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I can command this kind of money in my contract. However, you know, a very significant portion of that money is going to go straight back into the yeah. state. Yeah. On, on a yearly basis, uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady are tied at 14th highest paid quarterbacks yeah. in the league. which is nuts i mean and that's on brady's new contract yeah at one point andy dalton was making more money than both of them and i'm like andy fucking dalton really jacoby Um, Brissett is above them yeah which which kills me uh Uh, but that's but but that's the whole like but that's the whole thing that like that's the whole argument that i'm trying to make is that like a lot of like there are some players who do command these these big salaries or whatever, but they take that money and they do put it back into the state that's employing them 
and showing like, yeah, like I'm all in for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. To, to make uh, this a better place. Other quarterbacks who actually make more than Brady or Breeze will this year. Derek Carr makes $5,000 per year more. Uh, <laughs> uh, Garoppolo makes more Tannehill, Matt Ryan. Yeah. I can't, uh, I, I can't believe Ryan Tannehill is on that list. Oh my God. Yeah, he make, he's 29, five. A year. I, I think I think that's going to come back to bite the Titans in the ass, but what do I know? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since we're talking New Orleans, let's stay in New Orleans with this news that came out today. Uh, oh, my God. A, adult really? website Strip Chat has placed a $15 million bid for the naming rights to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, home of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it came after Mercedes-Benz announced they will not be renewing their contract. Um, and I <laughs> mean, as, no as Yahoo way. Sports puts it, the Strip Chat Superdome has a nice ring to it. it no, there's it does. no way. <laughs> Listen, I get it that, you know, kind of New Orleans and Mardi Gras, like everybody tries to fucking like, you know, like that's the whole thing. Um but at the end of the day, both Gail Benson, the owner of the Saints, and Drew Brees are both, they are both very, very religious. And at the end of the day, too, like the city of New Orleans is also very religious. And I just do not see that taking hold, taking effect. Yeah. It probably Dude. won't, but they're not the first adult website at, to try this. At the end yeah, of the day. What, it was, well, it was fucking Bang Bros. Bang Bros attempted to Miami get uh, the naming rights of the Miami Heat Arena last exactly. September. Yeah, there are, there are, there are two dollars? cities. There are two cities in the United States with NFL teams where this could actually happen. New Orleans and Vegas. Okay? <laughs> I would see it more happening... In Vegas before it happened in New Orleans. Dude, Heather, it's $15 million. No one is turning down a $15 million check. Now, if there is a a company that comes out and says, you know what, we'll do 15-5. Okay, I could see, uh, uh, what is it, sex chat or whatever the fuck, strip chat. Strip chat. I could see strip chat just saying, fuck it, here's $20 I want my name on that building. No, no, that would be like fucking like fans only or something. Like... No. Pornhub. No. I'm telling you, Heather. No, it's not gonna happen. No. You, you you can think it all you want. I like if if that shit I, I could see like fucking, you know, some bullshit northeastern United I States. Listen, I cannot sex website. I swear to God, <laughs> if that fucking happens and we have to re- record an episode after it happens, I will not be roasted on Oh that. yes, you will. No, I nope. refuse. I, I had a bad joke, so I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> you you might not be roasted, Heather, but there are girls no. on the website that will be. <laughs> Stop it! I hate y'all. I, no, I don't. I don't mean that. <laughs> oh, that's, that, this is the laugh I needed, is the strip chat Superdome. Uh, I, I, cannot, I cannot wait for it to happen. 
Right. It will not happen. It will not happen. Yeah, I'm gonna not start. Not on my watch. I'm gonna start like one of those online petitions to make it happen. Which you, okay, you, you know what? Listen, listen. I need to preface this that I am not against whoever uses strip chat. Like, if that's what you need to do to support your family, go for it. I'm all for you. But no, it, you no, 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 mm-mm. no, no. Hey, sex work is work. It's a business. It is. It is work. And I support them in whatever they need to do. But I don't see that flying in the state of Louisiana. It will Did not. Did you guys see that? Wait, hold, the... hold on, Tim, before you get started, can you imagine Mardi Gras after Strip Chat gets those I names right? <laughs> There's going to be like sponsors everywhere. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. All the hand grenade cups will be printed with strip oh, yeah. chat on oh, them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's not going to happen. Oh, but. man. Now, I, I cannot wait for this to happen. Stop it. <laughs> now, before stop I, this out in the universe. Before I start this next one, I know already how Mac feels about this particular organization. But did you guys see that Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy won the auction to watch a game with the commissioner <laughs> uh, of course Portnoy did, did. You really uh, of course he did though. Fuck that guy man he oh, said he, it cost him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars he gets to watch an, uh, a monday night football game at roger goodell's house oh, that's so fucking gross like let's face it portnoy's got enough money to squash us if he wanted to and that's all well and good so but there's with, nothing to squash. Yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. OK, he's anti-union who's fired fucking writers and content creators because they spoke out against how he spent money. Um, I mean, look at the call her daddy fiasco he's dealing with right now on his little podcast network. Um, and he's a total fucking asshat. So, yeah. you know, but, but what's most entertaining is that he's had a feud for years with Roger Goodell. Uh because he's like been very much in the pro uh, investigating Deflate Gate. He created towels depicting Roger Goodell as a clown. Yeah, uh, and now he gets to go watch a game with him. <laughs> well, dude, let's face it. He's he's a businessman. And, you know, he wants Barstool to be like this big, all-encompassing sports network. You know, the way you know, uh, uh, you know, where like Bleacher Report is, or you know, some of those other ones, Fanside. Um, what do you think he's going to do? You know, he, he, he gets in and he could, you know, he rubs elbows enough. He could be like the official podcast of the fucking NFL, you know, and that would hurt my feelings because I detest everything about Dave Portnoy and everything about Barstool. Um, I just, I can't fuck them. Not, not the individual writers and content creators because you got to pay the bills. I get that. But Portnoy and his fucking little cronies up at the very top can go fuck themselves. On a much sadder note, it was reported that WWE's Chad Gaspard, or Gaspard, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, Gaspard. Uh, drowned attempting to save his son from a riptide this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I hate seeing shit like that because, like, the dude it did what any other what any parent's going to do. You know, he's gladly going to sacrifice themselves for their children. And he did save his son, it looks yeah. like. But yeah, he, just, he did. Yeah, he told the lifeguard to save his son before yeah. before him. Yeah, so and 
Yeah, so definitely, like, um, it's definitely a sad situation all the way around. And I know that, like, a lot of people in the sports world, like, even The Rock, like, like posted something about it. And so, yeah. like, definitely, like, I don't know, it's just sad. It's a sad situation. Yeah, played. He played Muhammad Ali in the last Sharknado. It's about time in 2018. <laughs> you know what? I, I just, I mean, the guy acted in one of the, I, I don't know, the biggest cult followed movies ever, like Sharknado. Right. Um, you know, he was a professional wrestler, um, you know, and obviously he was a family man, you know, so. You know, he was only he, like he was what thirty eight, thirty nine years old. Like he wasn't. That yeah, he was young. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, he crammed a lot of years of living in that time, and I, I hate that his kid, one, had to go through that, and two, that his family isn't going to have him in their life because I mean, like you said, Heather, like The Rock spoke up. Like there's a lot, like a lot of the that wrestling fraternity kind of, you know, came out and, and and spoke to how good of a dude he was because. I mean, we've seen it, uh, you know, just in the, the shit we've watched and, and talking to James. You know, there's a lot of shitty people that wrestle. Just yeah. a lot of shitty people that do it. Um, and I guess, it, you know, this guy was one of the, the good ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, like, even, like, in, in in what you said, like, for as many as, like, really shitty people that there were, there are just as many as mm-hmm. good people. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely one of yeah. the good people. So. Yeah. Well, our condolences go out to his family. For yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. Our final bit of news concerns the Major League Baseball, uh, where the Players Association reportedly is uh, livid. Mac Phillison. All right. So, according to John Heyman, okay, and a couple other writers, okay, um, the. MLB Players Association and the owners, excuse me, came to an agreement, okay, that when MLB picked up its season, um, they agreed on the percentage of revenue generated that would be given to the players, okay? Now, that was predicated, the the owner side is, that was predicated on fans being in seats. Okay. The The Players Association is saying no. This was just an overall deal, whether fans were in seats or not. Okay, that was what was negotiated. Well, someone in the group of 30 owners leaked an email essentially saying, you know, trying to put out the display that the the players were these greedy, uh, you know, ungrateful individuals that are trying to hamper Major League Baseball uh, from starting their season because they're demanding, you know, a certain cut of the revenue. Mm. Um, Now... The kicker in all this is, is all right. I I understand the owners, you know, they own the teams, all right, but they negotiate in good faith with the Players Association. That collective bargaining agreement is what ensures that the payers get played. Now, for all you listeners out there that are like, well, they make entirely too much money anyway. Well, fuck you, okay? Because the fact of the matter is, that's what the market dictates they get paid. That is that free market capitalism so many of you love so much. That says, yes, <laughs> this player is worth $300 million. If you don't want to bitch about how it works at Walmart, you can't bitch about it working in pro sports because this is that's the market. All right? And those Absolutely. players are the ones that go out for, in a typical season, 162-plus games, you know, and, and perform. 
Otherwise, the owner would just have some hats and some intellectual property in a stadium they can't afford. Um, and let's face it, Major League Baseball owners have shown time and time again that they are a vindictive, cunty group of people mm-hmm. um, that really just chafe at having to pay players anything. I mean, Steinbrenner, even after the advent of Major League Baseball free agency, you know, colluded to make sure players didn't get paid, and that's why he was suspended from Yankee, uh, any kind of Yankees organizational um, activities for two years. Uh, you know, I mean, these owners are awful, and yeah. they are going to go and make sure that, you know, these players are going to be made to look like the bad guy. Sweet Jesus, Heather, that was a loud bag. <laughs> I'm sorry. I needed some pretzels. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's okay. But uh, this, this, is, this is the thing where I saw on Twitter today that January 21st is the target date for the NBA to come back. Okay? That is, wow, really? That, that Wait, is the, J- uh, January? June, excuse me, June. Okay, I was like, wow. No, June 21st. And even then, that's that's doing like uh, we'd spoken about before. One location, the multiple Disney champs. World plan. I I've actually heard is yeah. kind of the front runner. Yeah, or or Houston right now. They're also looking at Houston because there's oh, a lot okay. of, there's a lot of colleges in the area that can host, you know, games. Okay. Now, if Major League Baseball can't beat them back, you know that that's a fucking shame. But I agree with the players on this. If you're going to sit here and negotiate in bad faith then we obviously have no obligation to sit there and honor this agreement. Right. Um, and I hope that the Major League Baseball Players Association will stick to their guns on this and not let the, the owners push them around. Yeah, I did see where Tom Glavin basically said that the players may take a, a brunt of the blame if baseball doesn't return. They will. They will. They'll, they'll take the blame uh, the way the, uh, you know, the owners took the blame in 94 90, uh, and 95, you know, that, that long, that year long strike. Um, but again, like you can't sit there and, and, and negotiate in bad faith. You know, whether it's, it's the owners or the players, you have to be able to, to make some concessions to, to make sure your season happens. But like I said, the major league baseball owners, that, that group of 30 men have shown that they are just fucking awful people compared to the other leagues. They really are. Um, right. You know, and that's saying something. I mean, look, the NHL had a fucking, like, literally a grifter own the, uh, the New York Islanders for, like, three fucking years, and he had no money. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, I, I don't know. I'm always going to be on the side of the players. Like, I, I just think the owners, you know, they generate a ton of revenue off these guys. And I know it's going to be rough for some of those small market teams. Like, this is going to be rough on teams like Cleveland and Kansas City. Right. Um, you know, uh, the Florida franchises. Uh, you know, Minnesota, like some of those kind of markets will be negatively affected by this. But I mean, the players got to know, uh, you know, if, if they give in, the owners will take some of those, uh, you know, those things back, you know, the big contracts and all that shit. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's nasty. I want to see baseball this year, but I also I do see- too. I miss baseball so much. Yeah. I, I just hope the players stick to their guns. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for news for the week, unless you guys have any stories that I missed. No, there's been jack and shit. So. Yep. Well, let's jump into our ESPN 30 for 30 for this week. We watched uh, Pony Excess, the story yes. of Southern, Mes- Southern Mes- Methodist. Wow. 
wow. Methodist University, Southern Methodist University. Uh, and the so-called death penalty, the only time that was ever used. Yeah. Uh, this story was incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah I'm going well, to kick this off by saying there, there, there's always been recruiting improprieties. But when you have a conference where eight of the nine teams are in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. it's always it's always going to be worse. Always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, well, I mean, those are some remember, big name franchises too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, in and, and I remember too, like talking to James, to number one fan about it. Whenever we were watching it, I was just like, "Yeah, everyone, everyone was doing it, but they just happened to be like the most egregious, yeah, about it." Well, that and they pissed off the wrong person who was willing to talk. And exactly. Yeah. You know. Well, I. Skip- I Skip I watched Bayless. Oh, sorry, Tim, uh, go ahead, man. No, I, I, I was watching it earlier today, and I was like, wow. They they just had no qualms. They were like, we, ha- we have a payroll yeah. that we have to mm-hmm. meet. I think Skip, yeah. Bayless, Skip Bayless said it best. It's like, we the, we the sports writers who should have been, like, exposing these practices just became so inured by it that it was just part of uh, reporting on college football in Texas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's... If, if you look into the history of the Southwest Conference, no conference had as many teams go on probation than the Southwest Conference ever. And that thing's been defunct since 1995. Right. Okay. So, like, that is something else, man. Like, I don't know, from 1970 until it closed down, that period of 25 years, the Southwest Conference ever had a program that was not on probation. <laughs> yeah, well, and and one of the things, too, that I likened it to number one fan was that it was very similar to Bounty Gate with the Saints. Okay. Everyone was and, and and this is how I've always described it to people was Bounty Gate for the Saints was just like if. If you get pulled over on the interstate for going the speed of traffic because you're the last person in line. That's what it is. Yeah. You are just the one who get who got caught. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, but if you look at the Southwest Conference, three of those schools were run by churches, including mm-hmm. Southern Methodist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Baylor, Texas, the TCU, and Southern Methodist are all run by churches. Exactly. Um, and they they were heavy in the arms race. And the, the thing about TCU and Baylor and even SMU to a point, those teams sucked for mm-hmm. a long time. Oh you yeah. Know? Like they, like they sucked for a long time until their boosters got involved. Believe in that. And this, and this, and this specific like movie, like further cemented my longstanding just, distaste for boosters yeah but i mean even then i mean tcu and baylor weren't good until the 2000s mm-hmm. you know so i mean they spent their entire southwest conference you know existence as like doormats yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I, but i mean that that was the kicker you had players like eric dickerson and craig james um you know who I mean, Dickerson alluded to, and and I like what James said. He's an iron trap. He's going to go to the grave with this. But Dickerson alluded to him receiving money. 
you know he, he yeah. kind of he danced around it you know yeah. but and then i thought the one reporter when he got the trans am the gold trans am yeah was, that was dickerson like, that was yeah, dickerson he, who got the was, trans am he was like a and m was so mad they gave him a free car and he went to smu anyway and he was like what are you gonna do are you, are you going to complain and go to the cops that we gave him a car to come to our school <laughs> and then he doesn't and go? And that's the thing. Yeah, it's because it, it actually what what happens is, is and it's just like what they said in the documentary is like, you know, the boosters think that they have the power because they bought these players yeah, and no. got them into the program. But, but no the players really do because the they players, can just say. Exactly. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. It, it's actually no. It's actually the opposite. That the players know actually have all of the power. Yeah. yeah in I mean, this situation. I, I think what killed me is that it was the the what was it the uh, head of the board? Remember the guy who ran for governor and mm-hmm. won? Oh yeah. Uh, wasn't it like Clements? Yeah, wasn't he so. like the former coach? No, no. He was the head of no. 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 Oh, okay. No, that was what you're, the guy you're thinking that left was Ron Meyer, and he left to become the head coach of the New England Patriots. No, I th- I thought uh, Clemens had been the coach after no. Meyer. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. Clemens okay. was on like the board of directors or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, that, what killed me is is uh, how did you oversee this and then essentially lie? And then oh get my god! Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, you know, oh, you know, like. We're going to make sure that there is, you know, none of this going on going forward. And it's like, bitch, you were like in the forefront of yeah. the whole thing of when it was happening. Mm-hmm. I think I, th- I think the funniest thing I saw the entire um, documentary was they were sending envelopes full of money with the SMU letterhead on it. <laughs> oh, my God. And when they but were they showing. they try to hide it. No, and no, that was the thing is that they were, um, when it was like, what, this film deposition with one of the fucking boosters, and like, he was looking at the envelope that was so clearly, like, made out to, um, oh god. It was the whistleblower, right? It was the whistleblower. It was the whistleblower, yeah, and he was just like, oh, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. See, yeah, like it's like printed and, and like at first he started off. He's like, yeah, those are my initials. Yeah. yeah. And but then I, the like, funny like, thing was, is, um, you know, God. he's sitting there trying to deny it's his handwriting. And then the NCAA does a forensic analysis of his handwriting. And they're like, bam, like this is you, yeah, dude. I, I go to court with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, it just it it was. Uh, and then you had that older gentleman like the, he was kind of heavier set. And it seemed like okay. the camera, it, the camera was right in his face, you know. And he's oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I don't know how they're going to cut us out. We were, we were boosters for that, for that program. Like what they did to us is ridiculous, bro. You got the program canceled. Exactly. Like, shut you know? down. They are just now starting to actually compete, ish. Like yeah. not yeah, even on the and, national level, but yeah. at the yeah, group and, of well, five and, level. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and I remember like telling James too, like as we were watching it, I was like the next closest thing. And this was even when the fucking like credits were rolling where I was telling James where like the next closest thing to the death penalty that happened was at UCLA with Mm -hmm. Reggie Bush. Uh, USC. 
a USC. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, a USC and and Reggie Bush of them stripping his Heisman Trophy and vacating and sh- all those wins. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, that was the next closest thing to the death penalty. Yeah. And and I remember telling him, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, after after it happened, you know, at SMU, like I always knew about it, but I had never really actually seen it. I'd always heard about it and everything like that. But you know, the next closest thing to that happening was at USC. Yeah, and all I'll, of that happened. I, I'll put my two cents in about that in a second. But like the talent on those teams. And even with them being banned from postseason play that one season, how do they not win a fucking national title before the wheels came off? That's fair. How? Yeah, even, you have the best team that money that money can buy. Yeah. Um, Literally. Was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they said. We had the best team money yeah. could buy. And you had the two best running backs uh, in, in the country right there. Yeah. And, you, and you ran a wishbone. Like, how do you not win a national title? Um, I, I just was shocked at that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the one year that they probably should have uh, was the year that they couldn't play postseason play under Ron Meyer. And then he left and he handed it off to his successor. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and then remember, they kicked for the tie and they went from second to fourth in the polls. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just like, fuck. Um, but I mean, that I thought that was nuts. Um, but I mean, for me, like SMU, um, I don't feel bad about that program being shuttered. I honestly think if the NCAA wants to be taken seriously as an organization, they should have used it more and and consequences be damned. Um, Well, there was a lot of talk that Penn State was going to get it. And they they should have. And honestly, after Tattoo Gate, Ohio State should have got it. Uh, USC should have got it. You know, these these teams that have improprieties like that, where, I mean, and, and I'm an Ohio State fan, Jim Trestle lied multiple times to investigators. Right. Knowingly did that. No, fuck mm. you, dude. Yeah, Shut. but I mean, and and trust me, y'all know how much it fucking pains me to fucking say this and to be the fucking devil's advocate on this. But would you say that they're that trestles or or whatever, like grievance, like their indiscretions? were as we're on par flagrant whereas so were as flagrant as what SMU did. For multiple years those players, including Terrell Pryor, traded memorabilia for free tattoos, cars, and money. Yes, I, I firmly agree. Um, do I hate the rules? Yes, but they are the rules. And as a member institution, you should be following the rules of compliance. Um, like honestly, uh, you know, for me, uh, Urban Myers Florida teams that program should have been shut down with the sheer amount of players that were getting arrested under his watch and the shit he mm. had swept under the rug. I mean, yeah. you're right. You know, well one, well, one of the funny things that that James said when we were watching was the 1989 SMU team, which was, you know, one of the teams that was right afterwards and like their players were just not good. No, <laughs> at all. They, they were, were like three seconds slower than their counterparts. Yeah. Oh my God. 40 and- but James, even like, like, even like some of the players that were playing, he, <laughs> he would go, wait, what am I doing playing for SMU mm-hmm. on there? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that the professor that was being like, it was the old TV footage. When he said, we really have to, uh, re- you know, look at what we're doing as an educational institution mm-hmm. and, and kind of put the focus back on there. 
and that president that came in at the tail end of all the the pay to play schemes was like no this is a this is a college people come here to get educated mm-hmm. and and he caught hell for it in Texas but you know what that's what it's there for it is not there to run a football program it is there to allow people to get a four year education and walk away with a degree yeah so i like that they put in a faculty board to oversee academics and make sure everything's on the up and up and yeah. i don't i don't feel bad that it took 20 years for that team to come back i yeah. I, I still firmly believe the ncaa needs to use this thing because i'm telling you right now a big bro, a big program ohio state penn state usc shut mm-hmm. them down for for a year and watch all the other schools fall on the line yeah, yeah. well yeah I and that very was very interested was... to see how clean of a program smu runs these days Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and, and one thing, too, that, like, James said, and we and, I, and he and I had a big, like, conversation about it was, like, he felt that it was really unfair to the newer players that had come in, that it had no, um, that had no, any, no sense of any kind of partake in yeah. to what had happened. But I, but and and one of the arguments that I that I had with him when as we were discussing it was like you know okay well you could do that every fucking year yeah. and say like you know like oh these new dot these new guys like they 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 didn't partake in that but as long as they were winning like that was it was okay and and it sucks yeah that like the whole team gets fucking punished for the actions of a few. But, but the problem like, is, is they they needed to punish the school, yeah. and that's exactly. just how you do it. Exactly. And that's why they and let the players transfer. And, exactly, yeah. and that's what I told him. I was like, at the end of the day, it was the athletic department that allowed it to continue, yeah. yep, and allowed you know everything to happen to at the expense of the new guys. Who had nothing to do with it, and it sucks for them, and I hate it that that's that they got caught up in it. But unfortunately, that's what it was. Yeah, and it, the thing is, and it's I don't not think right. It's, it's not right in any sense, you know, at all. But unfortunately, that's what fucking happened. Yeah. And I don't think it was the one year that killed the program. It was that second year where they could only play away games and mm. not be able yeah. to generate revenue. That would have just been a black hole of money. For the school. So, I mean, I don't blame them for not wanting to play that season. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you've chased off the big money donors and all that shit. But I will give SMU a ton of credit with that new, uh, you know, the athletic director that came on uh, at the end, you know, the newer guy. That was like, I, the first call I made was to Eric Dickerson. What do we got to do uh, to get mm-hmm. people excited about SMU football again? Um, yeah. And he, hi- he and hired- was like, let us back in. Yeah. You know, he hires a head coach in June Jones that's used to playing, uh, you know, finding players that are not highly recruited and playing on a small budget. Because Hawaii, the University of Hawaii, does not that is not a moneymaker, man. Okay, like they, you know, but he managed to put up, you know, the 15 win undefeated season and then lost to Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, I believe, um, you know, as the group of five uh, BCS participant. And he had a lot of good years in Hawaii, you know, eight, nine, ten wins. So bringing him on to kind of get SMU right in, uh, you know, was was a smart plan because, you know, he played, you know, he he wasn't going to get the big names in Texas to come to SMU. Who wants to play for a group of five team 
that has been a doormat since the program shut down for two seasons. Um, I laughed so hard when Houston hung 95 points on them. Right? Honestly, Tim. But I mean, they were they, but they were right to say, like, you know, like that wasn't that wasn't okay. That wasn't okay to to run the score up that way. Why? Why? It's not. It's not my job to take my foot off the gas. It's your job to stop me. And if you can't fuck off, you. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, but still, especially in today's uh, college football world where everything is based on perception. Yeah. You know, until it's records based and not you know vote based you have yeah. to do that well i mean that was the year uh, the, what the year houston hung 95 points on smu was the year andre ward won the heisman just throwing it out there andre ward <laughs> played two years in the nfl one year in nfl europe and then disappeared and now he's working college football games for espn um but you know i mean that that's the thing though i, I you know it it sucks like you said heather for the guys that came afterwards that weren't getting paid you know but it, when it, you can't just sort of school like that who, I mean, they got busted what three times in, in, a, in an eight-year span. Least, at Something least, like that. Like, come yeah. on, you know that that is a repeat offender. Um, you know, you have to do something about it. Yeah, and that was that was my kind of argument. It was that you know, like, it, you can't necessarily say, oh, well, what about the new guys who didn't have anything to do with it? It was just like, no, like they had been doing it. Yeah, and you needed to make an example out of somebody to show like, no, this wasn't okay. Yeah. And Uh, like, yeah, it sucks. And it makes me feel bad for the new guys who, you know, who didn't have anything to do with it. But if they didn't like take the action that they did, it was just going to continue and nobody was going to fucking do anything about it. And it's not okay. That's not okay. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything to help the game. Yeah. I like what Dickerson said though. He's like, dude, we got busted for it. Uh, but like we were saying earlier, everybody in Texas was doing it. a and uh, UT, Baylor, you know, all those Texas teams were doing it. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's sad that maybe we don't hear about it much now, but boosters still have a stupid amount of pull in the college football game. Yeah. And that is a fucking shame. Um, you and know, that's still true now. Yeah. yeah. It's still true now. On a lighter note, though, the the journalist in me, I loved how well sourced it was, because oh, yeah. this wasn't about one person. This is about an event, and getting all those old sports writers, including Skip Bayless, who sometimes I think has such an air about him, he doesn't even want to be in his own fucking TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting him to sit down was really cool, and getting all the old administrators to sit down was cool, um, and seeing all the old players. I mean, I, I thought that was great because just trying like I'm, I'm trying to do a documentary now um, about a, a certain subject and I can't get people to return a fucking phone call. I can't I can't imagine how rough it was to get all those people to, to agree to sit down for interviews and then source that shit. OK, yeah. we, got, we got this guy here and this dude here and this guy here and this one here. I mean, they interviewed at least two dozen people. And there I were I, a lot of people in this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I was very I really impressed was. with it. Yeah, and I thought that was great. Uh, that's what I liked about the earlier 30 for 30s. They always sat down with the director first. Yeah. Um, and, and he kind of gave, you know, why he wanted to do it and what kind of draw, you know, drew him to it. Uh, because I went and got the book, the documentary kind of spurred, or, you know, that was, spurred, it was, you know, 
uh, and uh, it, it was such a well-written book, um, you know, and I think that was really cool that they got the author to sit down because no one dug into it the way that, all, you know, the author did. So, I mean, it was fucking, I, I, overall, like, this is just another great ESPN 30 for 30 that I really loved watching. Yeah, I have not been disappointed by any of the ones that we've watched. No, no, yeah. not, not fucking one. Um, but, uh, you know, since we're running out of things to say, I think we owe it to ourselves and and our listeners, all six of you. Uh, what, what, are, what, what are we watching next week? Because I, I have one in mind. Uh, I don't have anything selected. I say we go with small potatoes. Uh, that's the... the... The USFL one. USFL one. Yeah. Heather, any objection? I mean, I don't. I mean, you guys listen to me, you know. After we watched this, we watched uh, one about Matt Hoffman. So, you know, I'm, I'm down for whatever. Okay. Well, all right, guys. So we're, we're going to do small potatoes next week. So if you want to... Get ahead of us. Get on your ESPN account and watch the damn thing. Uh, I've watched it like 10 times and it's amazing. (laughs) All right. Well, that will wrap it up for this week's episode of Hometown Crowd. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can also find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Find out more information about them at facebook.com slash 910 comedy. Uh, if you listen on Apple, give us a five star review and we will read it on the air. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for sharing with the hometown crowd. Bye, guys. And just remember that your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs>